Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. The Healthier Together podcast is all about coming together and sharing our knowledge to live happier, healthier lives. Each episode, I'll have a guest, like a best-selling author, a world-famous doctor, an award-winning chef, a TV or movie star, I have a celebrity hypnotist, and so much more, and we will talk about how to live healthier and happier lives. I'm your host, Liz Moody, and I'm a healthy cookbook author. My new cookbook is also called Healthier Together, and that comes out next April. I'm a food blogger, and I am the food director at Mind Body Green, which is an amazing wellness website that you guys should all check out if you haven't yet. I am also obsessed with dessert, and I spend way, way too much time trying to figure out how to make pies and cakes and candies healthy, which I document on Instagram at Liz Moody. So come hang out and drool with me over there. This is episode four of the podcast, and I have been so floored by your response. I really try to get real and vulnerable and have out-of-the-box conversations with my guests, and I'm so happy to see these actually resonating with you. I've been working on this for so long, and it's amazing that real people are actually getting to listen now and have their lives changed by my guests' messages as much as I've had my life changed by them. As always, if you love it or hate it, please let me know. You can email healthiertogetherpodcast at gmail.com or come talk on Insta or at lizmoody.com and tell me who you'd love to see on the show. I'm here for you guys. I want this to be an ongoing conversation. So, so shoot me a message with any of that. And if you do love the podcast, please, please give it a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It makes such a huge difference to helping people find the podcast, especially in these early stages. And it's so, so appreciated. And share it with the people that you love so that you guys can get healthier together in real life, you know, with real people off the internet. I'm so, so excited about today's guest, who's one of the coolest people I've had the pleasure of hanging out with in real life, Gabby Dalkin, also known as the amazing woman behind What's Gabby Cooking. What's Gabby Cooking is like the food blog. She creates these luscious California-inspired recipes from stunning farmer's market salads to slutty brownies, which she basically invented, and they are as decadent and delicious as they sound. I'll link them and What's Gabby Cooking in the show notes. She also has a new cookbook out, which is so amazing. It's called What's Gabby Cooking? Everyday California Food, and it's been praised by everyone from the New York Times to the Pioneer Woman. It's filled with beautiful, beautiful food that will inspire you to eat your vegetables and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Gabby is so likable, and I think that really comes through in this conversation. She's also, weirdly, the alternative universe version of me. We both grew up in Tucson, Arizona. We both played tennis. We both went to college in the Bay Area. We both married our first real boyfriends, despite that being kind of weird in our social circles. And both of our now husbands work in tech, and now we're both making our way in this crazy food world. But there is one really big difference. Somehow, Gabby has come away from her entire life with this amazingly positive, anxiety-free attitude. She says at one point in the podcast that she thinks there's one time that she felt anxiety, whereas I think that there's one time that I haven't felt anxiety, which I think says a lot about our personalities. We talk about how she got that way because I'm completely fascinated by it, including a really interesting element of how her parents raised her and how we also talk about how adults can sort of cultivate that approach to life, even if we can't go back and redo our childhoods. 
We also talk about the pros and cons of owning your own business. We talk about how she gained 20 pounds at one point in her life and what she did to lose it. We talk about the secret to actually wanting to work out. She works out for 90 minutes a day, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. I find that insane and fascinating. We talk about how she finds delicious food wherever she goes, even though she hates Yelp. We talk about how she got her incredible self-confidence, even in the face of online trolling. She tells this really interesting story of how she could have gotten rid of her list, but she chose not to. She says if she focused, she can make her lisp go away, but she'd rather be excited and talk fast and be really galvanized and interested in life, which I just find so inspiring to not to choose that over sounding quote unquote perfect. So we talk about that. We talk about her relationship, her proposal story, which is really, really sweet. And then we talk about a recent friendship call that she did and why it's so important to do that kind of stuff. We talk about how travel changes you, fear of death, how she defines success and if she feels like she is successful and so much more. I'll be giving away a few copies of her amazing cookbook on Instagram. So come and check that out on my page at Liz Moody. And I was thinking about making this week's challenge napping since that's how Gabby said was the best way to spend 20 minutes every day. But I am personally a terrible napper. So I'm going to do a workout challenge instead. She works out, like I said, for 90 minutes a day, which is insane, but she's also truly the most uplifting, positive, fun to be around, unanxious person I've met. And I'm wondering if there is a correlation there. So to find out, I'm going to challenge myself to work out, like really work out to the point where I am sweaty and red-faced and all of that for 20 minutes every single day this week. And then I'm going to see how I feel. I'd love for you to come join me. Tag HT podcast and Atlas Moody on Instagram so we can all share if it actually makes a difference, how we're feeling, all of that. Send me your sweaty face pics. I'll send you my sweaty face pics. I'll see if I can get Gabby to send some sweaty face pics and we can all look gross and feel great together. All right, let's get into the show. All right. Thank you so much for joining Thanks me. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to post a picture of what you look like right now, <laughs> but you look really, really fabulous. So Gabby has eye masks on under her eyes, and we're seeing a little business center of her hotel, and she's holding the mic like she's, like, sunny and share, <laughs> like, ready to perform for us. Do you want to perform for us? What do you want me to perform? Do you have any, like, hidden talents that can... Certainly not singing. It's scary to listen to me sing. <laughs> so, no, I don't want to rap. <laughs> no, I am the least musically talented person you'll ever meet. And really? I love to sing by myself in the shower, in the car, but it is atrocious to say the least. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. I um I used to think I could sing and then I like gave up on it. I think I just liked the attention as a kid. And so I was <laughs> like, oh, people are watching me. I must be great at this. But I just loud. Like you get really far as a kid just by being the loudest one who Absolutely. you want every see. Were you like an attention whore when you were a kid? Uh yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. You were a tennis player, right? Yes. I grew up playing tennis and I was a swimmer. But I, maybe I wasn't an attention whore because I never played team sports. I was always a solo sports player. But does that mean you are an attention? Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Okay, like, yeah, I was, yeah. I never, I you wasn't into, all the... also, like, I never played soccer. And, like, we both grew up in Arizona. I feel like soccer was a thing. Was a thing. And I suck at running. So I was never a soccer, a soccer you know wasn't you have to run in tennis. No, but tennis is short sprinting. Mm. Soccer is, like, a long field. So were you, like, the athlete in, like, high school? Like, what was sort of your social service? I I would say I was an athlete. Did like, you feel cool in high school? I mean, 
There, no, yes or no? Like, I don't know. Like, I was, like, we partied really hard and we played tennis. Like, that's just what we did at Foothills. <laughs> so, Gabby and I both grew up in Arizona and then we both went to college in the Bay Area. And yeah. now she lives in LA, which I'm kind of jealous of because I'm considering. Like, I'm jealous you live in New York. Are you? What do you think of, like, the New York versus LA thing? Like, in terms of the food scenes, how they're competitive? Everything. Well, I think people in California are far more laid back. Like, I've been walking around the city Insta-storying, and people here are judging me. Really? Yeah, and they, like, this guy this morning walked by, and you can see him in my story give me the, like, death stare. In L.A., nobody cares. But that's because every, like, there's this on-camera culture. Right. right? Like, everybody's like, of course, everybody's famous. Right, everyone, but I feel more judged in New York. Mm. Um, And... People here, I don't know, when I'm in New York, I feel like I have this incredible energy that I'm just here to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in L.A., I'm way more laid back, I think. What do you think of the whole, like, celebrity culture thing in L.A.? I know that you've, you've you worked as a private chef for a number yeah. of celebrities, uh-huh. and you are friends with a number of celebrities. Yeah. Is it like a... They're just like us. They're totally normal. Thing. Yeah, they are. Like, I get it. And I think people do this, like, when you're a chef or a quote-unquote influencer, which is literally my least favorite word in the entire world. But they have, you know, when they're on, they're on. But when they're not on, they would, like, one of my best friends would just sit here and shoot the shit with us, no problem. Like, they're just normal people. I just feel like the weirdest part of anybody, you included, who makes their life known to the world is the imbalance of information. So, Mm -hmm. like, if I'm sitting here and talking with somebody and I've, you know, I know what their kid's name is, but they've never told me what their kid's name right. is, and they have no idea what my cat's name is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that inequality of information is because at the end of the day, everybody's just doing a job, and some right. jobs are lauded societally more than other jobs are lauded societally. But I think the imbalance of information is always strange to me. It's weird, and it's weird that you see people online all the time that you feel like you're friends with. Yeah. There are people, like last night I had a book signing at Columbus Circle, and this girl was like, I feel like we're best friends. And I was like, we are. Like, we talk all the time on Insta stories. We have no idea, like, we've never met in real life, but that's just the nature of our society now. We know a lot about a lot of people. Do you talk to a lot of your audience members? I respond to every single person that messages me. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's, you know, especially when I ask for, like yesterday I asked for the best chocolate chip cookie in New York, and I've got about 300 DMs that I haven't been able to get through because I haven't had time yet, but I will, I'll set aside an hour today and power Is there, through. have you seen the responses at all? It's, how do you pronounce it, Levon, Levain? I think it's Levon. Okay, but here's my problem. Okay. Those cookies have nuts in them, um. and I am very anti-nuts in cookies. So I'm gonna go tomorrow and have one. Just to like try But I it have out. a feeling I'm not gonna like it. Have you had um the Allison Roman cookies? Yeah, are you friends cookies? with her? Uh, I interviewed her for the podcast. I think she's hysterical, but I don't like shortbread cookies. I know, I know. I'm also an alien and I don't like peanut butter and sweet things. So I'm well, you very also, weird. So you started as a super, super picky eater, which I find fascinating because I'm also a really picky eater. And it's I'm the Arizona water. Working through. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people who come into recipe development particularly are picky eaters because they're trying to create food that they want to eat. Interesting. Um, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So yeah. people are always like surprised. I'm like, well, I 
that's why I started making recipes in the first place. How did you, I know, was it culinary school that made you not picky? Yeah, so I ate buttered noodles and grilled cheese. I'm not exaggerating until I was 17 years old. Like my mom would throw chicken divan in there, which is basically frozen peas and carrots with a layer of pasta, a layer of shredded chicken, and then a mixture of cream of chicken and mayonnaise mixed together with cheese on top. And the face you're making right now is amazing because it sounds disgusting, but it's actually really good. <laughs> Very anti-California girl. But that's what I ate growing up. And then I got to college and I started eating a few more things and I started cooking for my tennis team. I played tennis at St. Mary's up in the Bay Area. And I loved feeding people. So after college, I went to culinary school and my teacher, I had no intention of being in the food world at that point. I just wanted to learn how to cook more. And my culinary school teacher said, if you don't learn how to eat mushrooms and fish and cook a steak, you'll never make it. And I took that as a personal challenge. And now here I am. <laughs> Wait, so what did that look like pragmatically? Like, would you cook up a fish and just like sit there for two hours, like trying to stick the fork in it? No, I just had never cooked anything before. So when I started culinary school, I started private chefing and the blog all within 10 days of each other. And the family I cooked for originally was like, we love fish. And I'm like, that's amazing. Never cooked anything. I've never cooked fish in my life. So luckily we got into fish very quickly in culinary school and I learned and I tried it and I loved it. For me, it was just a case of not being exposed to it from, you know, zero to 22, basically. Right. And I just needed to get over the hump. I draw the line at some things. Like, I'm not going to eat awful or I don't eat intestines or right. things like that. But, like, mostly. But now, like, fit. I love octopus. I love Yeah, the meat. octopus tacos. Those are bomb. Yeah. Real good. And they're also, like, interesting looking, which I think is They're fun, fun. right? They're Do you, visual. Private chefing, you have to, like, work a lot around what people's dietary preferences and stuff yeah. like that are. So the first family I cooked for was six people, mom and dad, four kids, and everyone had different eating things. So one of the girls was gluten-free, one of them was a professional surfer, so she needed a ton of protein. The mom was basically a pescatarian. The dad was very much a meat eater. Oh my God. So I was essentially a short order cook. I'd cook six to eight things a night and like spend gross amounts of money at the grocery store every day. It was a lot of food. And then my second client, I cooked for Jessica Simpson for a period of time, and she eats just how I eat. So it was way less stressful because... What, it, which is, like, just California fresh? California, Tex-Mex, very Southwestern influenced here and there, like, lots of things with salsa and enchiladas and things like that. Um, and that was less aggressive because she she doesn't have any food aversions, really, and neither does her husband and her family, so... That's, yeah, that's, like, crazy. Did you know how to be a private chef? Like, no. How do you... I was winging it. I was. How I, do you even know what the rules are? Like, when you're supposed to go grocery shopping and, like, how many meals you're supposed to cook and, like, how you're supposed to plan that type yeah. of day. Yeah, so my first private chef client was very different than Jess. My first client, um, I would just do dinners and I would go grocery shopping at, like, 3 o'clock every day, get there by 4, feed the kids a snack after school, and then get started on dinner Serve dinner at 7, 7.30, and then bounce. That sounds like a great day. It was day. cushy. Because yeah. I could do the blog in the morning or yeah. go to school, work out, whatever. Um, Jess, I would go over. I'd grocery shop every day around 8.30, go over there, make her breakfast, make lunch. We'd all sit down, have lunch, and then I'd do a snack, make dinner, stick dinner in the fridge, and bounce by 3.00. 
So it That's was so really, nice. it was, I, I could never do any of it again because I'll never find incredible, like as many, whatever. The two clients were incredible. Wait, so did you just do private shopping for those two yeah, clients? Yeah, each for two years. And then? And then my second, my first book came out and I was going on. Manifesto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely avocados. I think it's like 80 avocado recipes, which was, I pitched as a joke. But that's a different story. <laughs> um and then the book was coming out. I was going out on a very condensed book tour for a couple of weeks and just was like, if I'm going to do what's got to be cooking full time, now is my moment to try and make it work. And did it work right away? Um, meh, I mean, it worked. Like, I, I had saved up a lot of money from private chefing. Um, so I had some cushion to, you know, kind of make it make my way for six to eight months. Um, and then it started working. I had to really hustle hard and be scrappy, but yeah, it worked. And at what point did your, your did your husband work with you full time? No. Oh no. Oh okay. no. We don't work together at all. Oh really? <laughs> I feel like he's he, always. He hosts my live, my Insta yeah. live on, on Monday nights, but he moonlights and codes for what Scotty cooking. Like he built my website with yeah. one of his friends, but no, he has his own, he has his own job. What I'm not he? allowed. Are we not allowed to talk about it? No, we are, but I'm not allowed to ask him for help on what Scotty cooking from like 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same with my, he's like, he, cause he does all the technical stuff. So I'm always like wanting, but he's so busy and you yeah. feel guilty about it. And he won't even answer my phone calls during the day unless I text him and I'm like, 911, someone <laughs> hacked my site or, Whatever it is, he won't forget it. He's not answering. Yeah. yeah. So Google is, chat, nothing. What does he do? <laughs> um, he's actually launching a company right now that's basically going to be Tinder for brands and creatives. So matchmaking them together and then producing video on everyone's behalf, editing it, delivering that content to creators like you or me and that we can post on our channels. That's super cool. Yeah. It launches, I think, later this month or early June. So has he always been sort of a an entrepreneur like running his own thing no he this is new for him like he when we we both met playing tennis in college and then he was in the advertising world for a number of years in LA um, being a producer which he's doing in his new company as well in a matter or in a manner um, but yeah this is his first foray into entrepreneurship and I think it's it's great because he's seen me build what's got be cooking from the bottom up and now he's building his own thing from the bottom up so, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it'd be really, you get to see, like, the good and the, the bad of it. Yeah. So what is the good and the bad of it? Um, the good, I mean, oh God, I love my job. I think my favorite part of my job is meeting the people that follow What's Gotta Be Cooking and how my recipes have changed their life and the people that I get to meet and work with. For example, Matt and Adam, my two best friends who I met through food blogging. Matt Armendaris is a photographer. Adam Pearson is a food stylist. And I have just inserted myself in their marriage and I just, and they're my two best friends. Like they were in my wedding. I love them. We work together on a daily basis. And they do all of your styling and photography? Yeah. They How do all the visuals. The Seattle, LA so yeah, I'm spending a little bit of time in Seattle for Thomas's company right now, but I'm in LA every two weeks. Like I just, okay. I'm splitting my time. So I, we shoot when I'm there. Yeah. Or like today I needed something for tomorrow. They're, they're shooting for Food Network today. So they're just squeezing me in when they're done with Food Network. Oh, cool. So I feel very lucky. Okay, so that's them. the good. Yeah, the bad. <sighs> I guess I haven't taken a day off in the last five years. Like, a, like truly, that's a true statement. Um, I work when I'm on vacation. And by work, what do you mean work? Creating content, answering emails, working on 
like scheduling blog posts, doing social media. I, I feel fortunate because I've made a job that centers around my life and all the different aspects of it, whether it's cooking or traveling or entertaining. Um, but that also means I never take a break. But I also never feel like I'm working. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You're constantly <laughs> working and you're never working. Right, exactly. Is it weird for you, though? Like, is there a line for you on how much you share and how much you don't share since your job is your life? Yeah, great question. We don't share. I mean, I don't share everything. That's for sure. Like, I'm really private about what, like, when I'm with my family, I just want to be with my family. I'm not trying to, like, put, put my phone in all my friends' faces when we're together. Um, that time's really sacred to me, so I try and to stay off of social media. Um, but Thomas and I are really active. He started an Instagram account just to make fun of me a couple weeks ago called What's Thomas Eating? And he's having a grand old time with it. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty, and I'm honest about our lives. They're not always perfect. And, you know, it doesn't always look like gorgeous cheese, cheese board. Sometimes I'm having like 50 cent pasta with garlic and a pound of mozzarella for dinner. So, you know, I just... That's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, um, do you know Kelly Levesque? Yeah, I know her. We haven't met in person, but yeah, her we follow husband, each other. She's like Be Well by Kelly, and her yeah. husband is like Be Bad by Chris. <laughs> and it's like all of the unhealthy things that he's doing all the time. That's amazing. Which I think is so funny. I love the idea of just like the Instagram husbands like yeah. trolling. You gotta have balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is very healthy, though. I wish I could be that healthy. <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, you're pretty healthy. How healthy would you, like, what are, what are the healthy things you do? I would say on a, on a, if you were grading me, I would be a B plus. Okay. Like I work out every day. I try and eat as many salads as I can. Um, I don't eat a ton of meat. I just feel like I don't feel great when I'm eating a lot of like burgers and steaks and stuff like that. Um, I would say I eat healthy probably 85 to 90% of the time. And you work out for like an hour a day. Like 90 minutes. Yeah. If I 90 minutes? Well, so my trainer in LA, the the segments are an hour long. So like say I work out at from 9 to 10. I get there at 8.30 to work out, like run on the treadmill and do all my warm up. And I just love being at the gym so much. I like to maximize my time there. Wait, what do you love about it? I love my trainer. Okay. She's amazing. Well, there are multiple, Is but they're the all secret? amazing. Is that the secret? Is, like, to have a trainer that you actually want to hang out with? I, yeah, I think it might be. And a cool gym. Like, our, the gym. So, my gym, Rise Movement, has four or five trainers. Everyone has one client that hour. And they're really cool people that train there. So it's a fun environment to be a part of. And you get really personalized attention because it's just a one-on-one -on -one session. And what kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, a lot of weights, body work, uh, heat, like climbing machines. We do deadlifts, squats. All Sounds like, like torture. All, it is. It's torture, but I would be 900 pounds without it. <laughs> do you Have you struggled with like weight stuff in your life? I gained like 20 pounds right when I got to college very quickly. I went, I was heavier than I'd ever been, and my hair was really long, so I have a fear of having long hair now because <laughs> it brings me back to that place. Um, we had this thing at St. Mary's called Late Night, and it was when everyone was, from 9 to 11, everyone was done studying, done with all their homework, whatever, and the cafeteria would open up for basically a second dinner, and I would have nachos every night because I would go and we would basically hold court and like we'd meet boys and we'd flirt and be idiots. Yeah. And I gained a lot of weight really fast. And I played tennis. Like I was being super active. Yeah. 
But um, I lost most of it my freshman the summer after my freshman year. Um, and then I tried to make better decisions about how late I eat at night. <laughs> so how are you like Oprah, like nothing after what is seven? No, I'm not like, and I, I have very little self-control, but I try and make good decisions. You know, like the other night we went to Lilia mm-hmm. and we went to dinner at seven. We probably ate for two and a half hours and I was so full. So yesterday I just had salad yeah. when we filmed together and then a brownie for dinner and that was pretty much it. Where is your brownie was, from? I went. I just got one from Bouchon after my signing. It was pretty good. Yeah. The cookie there wasn't, but the brownie was well done. Do you you just eat your way through cities when you pretty travel? much? Yeah. How do you figure out where to go? Uh, a lot of crowdsourcing. Hmm. Um, I don't believe in Yelp, so I don't check anything out on Yelp. Why don't you believe in Yelp? I think the majority of people who leave reviews on Yelp are negative, and I don't. I don't want to read negative things. I also stalk Instagram. So, like, I will look at tags of restaurants and see what their food looks like and what people are saying and what kind of people are there. I ask my audience a lot what their recommendations are. And then do you look for, like, some sort of consensus? Yeah, I will. I kind of look and see, like, there's a place in Philadelphia that I'm going to on Sunday. I asked where I should eat, and everyone said, I think it's pronounced Zahav. Uh-huh. Um, it's this, like, Middle Eastern, Israeli-style restaurant, and this guy's super famous. And I'm 80 people probably suggested it. Wow. So I knew it was good, and then I did some research. He's, I think he, like, won a James Beard. Like, I think he's very, yeah, yeah. very well, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm going there based on everyone's suggestions. Do you feel like, I know you live in LA and I feel like if I lived in LA and if I was cooking for Jessica Simpson, I would have like a lot of insecurity, especially as somebody who has had any sort of weight struggle in the past. Do you, are you like a hundred percent confident with like how you look generally? I mean, I definitely feel like I could lose five to seven pounds at any moment in my life, but yeah, I, I just can't, I don't worry about it. I know you posted once on Instagram, you did like a screenshot of somebody who said something really shitty and negative. He about was, my list? I think it was, it might have been. I remember you like circling, you're just like, whatever, dude, or something. And I just like, it, it felt like such a confident. I think moment. it was about my list. Yeah. Someone, so I've had a list since I was at Bourne, like, since I started speaking, my mom I asked me if I wanted to do speech therapy, and I was like, yeah, and I went twice, and then I was like, this sucks, I'm never doing it again. Why is this, what do you, oh, wait, no, my my husband did speech therapy, and he said there's this thing where they make you, like, pick up sprinkles with your tongue. What? Yeah. And I've never done that. There's another speech therapist at the table, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's, like, a classic technique. We, I had to, like, blow, so my problems with my S's and things like that um and we had to blow through this straw and I was like this is bullshit like I'm just not I'm not meant to do this I don't care and I just own it and so someone on Instagram meant to send a pic meant to send a message to their friend but they sent it to me by mistake and they're like oh my god her lisp is so annoying and I got it and I wrote back to her I don't get a lot of hate but when I do it's my favorite part of my day because (laughs) my goal in life is to make People like in LA, no one looks at you when you walk by them on the street. So I always look like walk by and smile and say hi, and people are so discombobulated by it. But I wrote her back and I was like, I'm so sorry my list offends you. You know, have a great day. That was basically all I said. And then I circled it, like crossed her name out and posted it. And I'm like, I did that because what happened if I had been in an accident as a kid? And, you know, someone, like, nicked something in a surgery, Mm. and the lisp was not my fault. And 
you know, but, you I mean, just never even know. now, like, it's just like you were born that way. Like, I mean, equally. I think that if I practice, if I really concentrate and take my time speaking, it goes away. But I'm just so excited and I go so fast, it's not going to happen ever. That's so interesting. <laughs> so you, you never went through a period of being embarrassed about it, even when you're like 13 and you're embarrassed about everything in the world? No. I did never my lisp. What, what have you been self-conscious about? I, it's really funny you ask that question. I was on a plane to Ethiopia a few years ago with my friend Barrett, and who he, he has four girls, and he was like, I want to know where you get your self-confidence from, and I said, I don't know the answer to that. Let me ask my mom and my dad. I'll get back to you. They're, they answer all my questions. I love them. Um, and they told me that when I was younger, they just made me do everything on my own. If I got into a fight with my best friend, Tara, I had to go over there and fix it. If I wanted to go play at someone's house, I needed to call and do something. So they got me in the, it, like, I just had to do things on my own and figure it out on my own. So I don't think I ever really took the time to be insecure about things. I don't know if that really made sense. Yeah, I think it does. Do you think there's a way to mimic that as a kid who can't go back in time and, like, redo their childhood? Or as an, sorry, yeah, as as an, an adult, adult who can't go back in time and redo their childhood? Yeah, and I tell people this a lot. Like, I don't... If I'm happy, I don't really care what anyone else thinks about me. Like, I'm really happy with me and my husband and our lives, and I have a great relationship with my friends and my parents, and that's all that matters to me. Like, but how do you get to the place where you're happy in that bubble unto yourself? I, I'm not too hard on myself. Um, like, I'm not the skinniest person in the world, but I love eating and being with my friends, and that means more to me than being skinny. So I think it's doing things like that and giving your, cutting yourself some slack. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm good at it on some days, and then I think we live in such, in a world where we're so often exposed to how insanely beautiful all the most beautiful people in the world mm-hmm. are, and how insanely successful all the most successful people in the world are, and all these crazy trips people are taking, and I just, like, I fall into these comparison cycles, and yeah. I don't know how to, like, get out of it. It's not real. I don't think, I mean, Instagram is such a curated portion of lot of someone's life. And the people who are beautiful and, like, so skinny and frolicking around in their bikinis, they have insecurities, too. We've all got them. It's just whether or not we choose to share them on social media. And the people that are, like, so successful and have more money than anyone in the world, like, they have a lot of problems. And I've watched it. I've watched marriages fall apart you know, because they, like this one family I knew had all the money in the world and their marriage fell apart because they basically hated each other. Mm-hmm. And that was really sad. And so I, I don't think anyone's life is perfect. It's just what you make of it. So what makes a good life to you? Um, I feel very fortunate to love my job. I have a great relationship with my husband and I have a really supportive family and friend circle. You and your husband are, like, the cutest thing ever. Like, I love the lives because I just – I love the way that you guys interact, and I just think it feels so real. He's – he's we have a good time together. How – do you feel like there's, like, a secret or stuff that you've learned that's made your – you guys got married really young, right? We did. We got married when we – I was 25. He was 26. We met when I was seven, 18 years old. So he – was he, like, your first He's my only boyfriend. Have you kissed other boys? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was a love him and leave him kind of girl in okay, high school yeah. and early college. And I would be really obsessed with someone. We'd, like, make out, go on a date, whatever, and then I'd be over it. Yeah, like, same I, for me. I got you, and now I'm moving on. Yeah. Um, my husband's my first boyfriend. Really? I had one boyfriend in high school for, like, two months. Um, and coincidentally, he has the same last name as my husband, and they're not related. Isn't that so weird? That so, so weird. weird. Um, but we broke up because I, I'm pretty sure it's because we were on this school ski trip. And you know how when you're skiing, you, like, spray people with snow when you stop? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I thought it was being really cool, and I did that, and I slammed into him, and we toppled down the mountain, and he broke up with me the week after. And I'm like, for sure, it's because I'm, like, ungraceful on the mountain. <laughs> Um, oh my god, I love that. But yeah, Thomas, what was the question? <laughs> well, first, okay, I have a lot of questions. First of all, like, were you nervous when you, when you were like, "This is the one"? Because you like spot him across the room or something. Or yeah, I picked him out before, and he, you were like that one. Yeah, well, I picked him out before I even got to college. On the St. Mary's website, I looked. My best friend Emily and I looked through every athlete: basketball, football, rugby, soccer, tennis, baseball. And out of all the male athletes, I was like, he looks like my type. And so when I got to college, he had a girlfriend. And I was like, whatever, moving on to baseball. Um, and we always got matched up playing mixed doubles together. And we always were flirting. And then eventually, he had one girlfriend. They broke up. Then he had another girlfriend for a hot second. They broke up. And he wanted to date. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I've never had a real boyfriend before. I'm not ready for that kind of commitment because... Somewhere in my mind, I knew that he was it. Like, and if we got together, it was over. So I was very hesitant to be... We we didn't, like, really be, get serious for the first couple months of our relationship because I was, I was scared. I was really scared. But then, did he wear you down? Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> and then, did he know you were the one equally? Like, was he like, this is it for me? I don't... That's a great question. I don't know the answer. What This is so weird and juvenile embarrassing, but I went to Tahiti with two of my friends on the tennis team, and I was... We were drunk. He didn't come with me. And I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. Let's all go get tattoos. And... One of the girls was like, what are you going to get? I said, I'm going to get a dolphin on my ankle. And they're like, okay. I was like, but I'm just going to call Thomas quickly and, like, get his approval. And I called him, and this is when I knew he was for sure the one. And he was just like, your mom will kill you if you do this. And it snapped me out of my tipsy state. And I was like, you're right. She would kill me. And then I got home. He threw me a surprise birthday party in Tucson with all my friends. And... I, it was over. I knew it was him. How did he propose? Um, oh, my gosh. Matt and Adam, my two best friends, um, he orchestrated it with them. So he had they, – they called me in October, and they said, we need you to come to Malibu with us and shoot our Christmas card photo. And Matt, you guys, is a professional photographer. Like, he shoots for Food Network and the Olympics and Coca-Cola and, like, Amazon – and I was like, you want me to shoot your wedding, your uh, holiday photo? I'm so honored, of course. So they pick me up. I'm on day seven of a juice cleanse, so I'm kind of emotional. Man, you're so late. I'm so, I was. I don't do them anymore, but I did a lot of them for a minute. And colonics. Love it. It's amazing. Everything together. I'm so LA. Um, that was really real. <laughs> they pick me up, and they're, like, bickering on the way to Malibu. And I'm in the back starving on a juice cleanse. I was like, you guys, please stop bickering. I was getting very emotional. 
We get to Malibu, we get out of the car. Matt's acting so weird. Like, he's, like, flying all over the place and being very weird. Did you suspect anything? Or you just like, my I friend was wearing, is being psycho? I, he, I was, he's being... He's being psycho. Okay. Like, we we get each other. I'm wearing the grossest outfit. I have no makeup on. My hair's up in a gross ponytail. I haven't showered probably in two days. And, and you're, like, probably delirious. Yeah, like, completely hallucinating at all times. <laughs> Taking pictures of them, and someone taps me on the shoulder, and it's Thomas, and I turn around, and I'm like, oh, hey. And I go back to taking pictures, and then I'm like, what? what are you doing here? And Matt grabbed the camera, Adam recorded it, Thomas dropped down to one knee and proposed, and I completely blacked out. (laughs) Do you know what he said at all? No, and it was so windy, I can't hear it. All I know is he gave me this ring, which is a family, it's a a 1920s like vintage ring that's been in my family for a while. I said yes, and then he threw a surprise birth, uh, surprise engagement party at our apartment with my family, his family, and all of our friends. That night? Yeah. Did you eat food and shower and stuff no. before you went? No, I had le- Lululemons on the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> high quality, high yeah. quality stuff. And he then what, what if you, were into. you nervous about being that, I mean, I know, in, on the coast, like, people give me shit for getting married when I was, like, or getting engaged when I was, like, 28. Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't even think about it. I never asked anyone. We got married really young, though. And now I always joke with him. I'm like, we should have waited four years. Our wedding would have been so much cooler. I think that, too. All the time. I'm and like, we have so much more money now. We have more money. <laughs> we have better taste. Yeah. Like, we have different friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do that. And he's I, like, it's one of my biggest regrets, actually. It's because I feel like I have so many as you grow up you kind of settle into your friends a little bit for more sure. and I have all these people I wish I'd had at my wedding me and too they never will be me too you can't do you have that. to have a 10 year anniversary party that's yeah. the- do you think people come to that as much oh yeah yeah I do if I mean maybe they're not going to travel from all over the world for it yeah. but I plan on having like a Moroccan theme party mm. in Palm Springs for our 10 year anniversary mm, that sounds really nice right yeah I think so so you weren't you weren't at all apprehensive about like my dating life is over. I'm so young for all this to happen. I'm going to be like an old married lady or any of that kind of stuff. I never even thought about it, to be really? honest. Yeah, I was just like, I'm ready to be, like, I know it's him. There's no point in dating anymore. I actually wanted to get married even earlier because we dated for seven years. Yeah. We started, you know, when I was a sophomore in college. And I I had always told them five years and I'm out. Like, if we're not married for five years, I'm out. And at that point, I would have been 23 and I didn't know anything as a 23 year old so I'm glad we waited a few more years but like I said our wedding would have been even cooler if we waited till we were 28 or 29. (laughs) How has your relationship sort of changed as you guys because it's such different life phases you met in college and then you're like starting your careers in LA and now you're like both quite successful. Yeah it's been it's been great it's been a lot of work like you know when you get married everyone's like marriage is work and you're like whatever this is great yeah it's a lot of work and I don't think I ever thought about that what does that mean I always feel like people say it's work but it that what 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 does the work consist of well there was a period of time when what's gotta be cooking was just getting off the ground that I was traveling all the time and I said yes to everything 
want to go to South America? Yes. You want to go here? Yes. This? Yes. This? Yes. I was gone all the time. And that was so hard on our relationship. And we had to have a real talk about it. And I cut back on a lot of my travel because I wasn't getting to spend any time with Thomas. Mm. And Have you done that love language test? Yes, definitely. What are you? Um, so I'm words of affirmation, number one. And then gift giving, number two, which is interesting. But it's not about the gift. It's about, like, I want to feel, I think known and Mm -hmm. seen in this way that people are like I've written you this perfect note or like I made you this perfect cupcake because I knew it was what you would want at this moment Yeah. and then my husband's literally the opposite so I am words of affirmation and acts of service like if you take the trash out, yeah, he's acting for life. He's constantly like unloading the dishwasher and expecting me to like love Help. him for it. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I don't do this love. Thomas's quality time and physical touch, I think. So you guys are opposites too. Total opposites. Oh my god, I literally feel like we're like we're, we're living, we're living this, parallel lives. Yeah, it's really creepy. So, so Thomas, we he he loves quality time and like it's not. I'm okay. I'm super independent. So you wouldn't notice when you're like traveling all over that that would it's harder. It was harder on about your loving him, right? Yeah. And, and when we had this conversation, it was so eye opening to me, and I changed on a dime. Like I was like, oh my god, my husband. I'm not with him all the time. Like this is affecting him. It doesn't affect me, so I don't notice it. Mm. Um. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say it's a lot of work, having those really real and honest conversations and, you know, always working on being a better team. Are you a person who believes in therapy? Yeah. I think therapy is totally, I think everybody should probably do it. Yeah. I, I, I wish it was more affordable for everybody. Yeah, it is quite expensive. But I think there's a real benefit to having a third party who's not your best friend or not your mom. Because, like... Yeah, they can pretend to be impartial, but they're never impartial. So it's amazing to have a third party listen in and say, you know, here, Gabby, you're not even listening to yourself. Like, you're doing so-and-so. You're doing all these things that are really whatever. I mean, that's it's important. Are you guys good at having those talks and, like, Now we're really good at it. Yeah. You kind of have to learn to do it together. You do. And you have to learn how to be vulnerable and be really honest about what you need out of a relationship. Mm. And I think it's really interesting because men, you know, as a woman, you have best friends, you have parents, you have a mom you can call, you have a sister, you have best friends you can talk to about anything. Like, the things my girlfriends and I talk about are literally nothing would be off limits. I want to take a quick break so I can tell you a little bit about one of my favorite supplements right now, Charlotte's Web. If you're not living under a rock, you've likely heard of CBD. It's the wellness supplement du jour. It's the non-psychoactive component of the hemp or marijuana plant, meaning it won't get you high at all, and it interacts with a huge number of parts of your body to help bring them back into balance. Charlotte's Web takes this one step further. Rather than isolated CBD, it's a full-spectrum hemp extract, which I love because I prefer plants in the whole food form generally. I just assume that nature knows far more than us at this point about everything working synergistically. The company is also vertically integrated, which means they produce everything in the bottle from seed to shelf. With hemp extract or CBD, this is a huge deal since it can often be contaminated. And if you're taking a contaminated supplement, it kind of beats the point, doesn't it? Charlotte's Web is also legal in all 50 states. So this is how I use it. I usually take two full dropperfuls of the Mint Chocolate Plus, which is the middle strength one out of the three strengths, and I put that under my tongue at night. I let it sit there for about 20 seconds since it absorbs better 
by sitting under your tongue rather than going through the stomach or digestive system. And then I swallow. I really find that it helps promote a healthy sleep cycle for me. I also keep a bottle at work and I'll take one dropper full just to deal with stress throughout the day. Again, it does not make you feel high at all. I personally find that I just feel way calmer, especially when I'm taking it regularly. I also love to make healthy recipes with it. I have a lavender chocolate truffle recipe coming out in my new Healthier Together cookbook. And I also have a lavender hot chocolate recipe on my Instagram feed. So clearly I like lavender and chocolate together. I use the unflavored version for recipes, although the mint chocolate one would be super delish and some chocolate energy balls, which I would love to just like have a stash of in my fridge whenever I'm feeling that burst of stress around three in the afternoon. I feel like you know what I'm talking about there. It'd also be really good in ice cream, I think. So I'll have to try that. If you want to try the CW Hemp Extracts, they have been kind enough to offer 10% off for all Healthier Together listeners. Just go to cwhemp.com backslash healthier together, cwhemp.com backslash healthier together, like the name of the podcast, and use the code healthier together when you check out to get 10% off. Again, that's the code healthier together, cwhemp.com backslash healthier together. And then hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Liz Moody with any questions. I've studied this stuff a ton and I love talking about it. I truly believe in it and it's made a massive difference in my life. All right, let's get back to the interview. Men have no one to talk to. They're not going to call their dads and be like, dad, I had a really bad day. Can we talk about talk it out or they're not going to be super vulnerable to their best guy friends it's just not in their nature I was just talking to somebody who's writing a book about like the the plague of loneliness in men because it's just it's I also think it's interesting most men almost all their best friends are like their high school best friends Mm -hmm. or the ones they got thrown together with and then if they don't get thrown together with more people they don't really make more friends and then they end up being reliant solely on their partner for that emotional intimacy yeah and I think it's like a huge problem in today's society but I don't know what the solution is I think it's I think it's knowing that like no like knowing that you're allowed to talk to other people about your day or express whatever you're feeling but do you think if like my husband went to the bar with his friend and he was like man I'm like feeling really you know sad and yeah like do you do you think that'd be well received or you think the other guy would be like that's not I think it depends on the friend. Yeah. You know, I think I look at some of Thomas's friends and I've had really deep conversations with them and they've been incredibly supportive. Yeah. So I think it just depends on the kind of friendship you have and who that person is. I don't think it's going to work for everyone. Are you good at making friends as an adult or most of your friends from like earlier in your life? Um, I have groups of friends, like a really tight group of friends from high school, a fairly tight group of friends from college, and then a tight group of friends from food blogging that I've made, like Matt and Adam, Catherine, Heather, these people that are in my life now. Um, But I think making friends is really hard. And I just went through a friend cull, if you will. Wait, so was that like a actual? It was, there were people in my life that were sucking my energy dry. Like I called them energy vampires. Just by wanting to hang like wanting things from you or wanting to like hang out when you couldn't not even that they were just negative okay or it wasn't healthy to be around them 
Um, you know, there were people that were going through a divorce and it was affecting how, you know, like it wasn't fun to be around them on a double date because they were just fighting the whole time. Mm. And Thomas and I would walk away from that and be like, oh my God, like what did we just endure for three hours? That was brutal. What do you think is the line between like, like the expectation with friends and friendships that you put in the time when it's good so that when shit is bad, the person is like there for you. Yeah. And being like this person is an energy vampire and I need to like protect myself and not Mm -hmm. be around them. Great question. Um, I think I... I just think you have to surround yourself with people who you would bend over backwards for and that will bend over backwards for you and that you can have that relationship with no matter what's going on in your life. And if there's someone who's just taking, that's not that's not okay, in my opinion. And, like, maybe if they're sucking the energy from you and you're not fine with it, it's almost a sign that they're not that family-level friend in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And if there's someone you hang out with that... You know, when you leave every time you feel less than, that's not a healthy situation to be in. So know? how do you call? Like, do you just um, stop answering? Are you ghosting people? I mean, I, I ghosted someone, yeah. <laughs> I, but also, like, I just, yeah, like, we one girl was really mean to me recently and said some really nasty things to me. And I was like, what? Nobody would ever say this to a friend. Like, you must have some deeper issues with me that you've never expressed to me before, and I don't want to be treated like that. So I'm just, I never responded to the message. I haven't called her. It just, and she hasn't called me. So. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of ballsy. Like, that's, I feel feel really impressed with people who, because I I feel like on one hand, some of us know people aren't good for us Mm -hmm. in our lives, but we're so scared of ending up like lonely that we just keep them in there just in case anyway yeah you know it's true that that's totally true but the older I've gotten although yeah the older I get I just feel like I need less I just need a few really incredible friends and it's okay to have a lot of really good friends that aren't a part of my life every day because I have you know four or five really amazing friends and that includes like my mom my husband my sister Matt, like, I don't need a lot of my dad. Like, I don't need a lot more than that. Mm, that's interesting. Um, do you ever suffer from, like, anxiety or depression or any of those types of things? I don't. But I know a lot of people in my life that do. That's but like, I, I what haven't. What is it like to know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, like, just being totally honest. I once... I can't remember what the situation was. I felt anxiety once <laughs> about something, and I'm totally blanking what it is. I wish I could text my mom and ask her. Oh, my God. I um, love that. I'm like, I felt not anxiety once. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know what it I, – I truly think it was – I don't know. I have no idea why. I'm going to text my mom and ask yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, text this. your mom and be like, that one time <laughs> I felt anxiety, like, what – what was that thing? That's crazy. So you're basically, like, you're one of the most successful food blogger. Are you okay the word blogger? Yeah. Okay. I know yeah. some people hate blogger. You but, hate like, I have a blog. Like, yeah. it, it, there's no good word for it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do you call yourself? I say I'm in food media. But 
So you're label-less, essentially. You're in a profession, but you're label-less. Because you're not a food mediaist. I mean, it depends who I'm talking to. Okay. If I'm... I, I'll call myself an influencer. I call myself a content creator. Yeah. Um... CEO, like it just that's cool. It changes everything. I like CEO, the CEO of what's Scabby cooking, yeah. right? Yeah, and you guys have product now too, so yeah, we that do. is its own. And thing. we is me. Is your so you when you have your your photographer? Yeah, I have Matt and Adam, and I have Sarah who helps me with some social media stuff for Facebook and Twitter. But I'm a control freak, so I do pretty much everything else. Which I mean, is why you haven't taken a day off. Yeah, like it, I would never give someone control of my Instagram because it's my favorite part of my job is responding to everyone's comments. But when I'm like, hey guys, we did this, we's like me. <laughs> It just feels like the right thing to say. So I want to talk about some of that stuff. You just did your line with William Sonoma. Mm -hmm. What is the process of that, of creating a product like? Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to get into products a couple years ago, and I basically cold called William Sonoma, and I said, this is what I want to do. Are you interested? And they said, come on up. Let's cook in the kitchen one day. We'll bring in all these people from the company. And when you said, this is what I want to do, did you have the product already in mind? Yeah, I wanted to do salad dressings. Okay, which is not what you've done. Because <laughs> they were like, that's a terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what can we do? Um, and the first line we did was salsas and like multi-use sauces. Yeah. So you can use them. You know, for chips and salsa, you can use them to slow cook in. You can use them to braise things in. Like, you or get, it's a guacamole base. Mm -hmm, cool. Guacamole starter. The idea is they're all multi-use. And then we came out with the seasonings a couple weeks ago. Um, all things meat. This is everything. And uh, Gabby's go-to, which, again, are multi-use seasonings that you can use on any number of things. Um yeah, so it was just, I cold called them, I went up there and cooked for them, and then I didn't hear from anyone. Wait, so what did you cook? Were you nervous? Yeah, I made all my sauces that I wanted to, like, bottle as salad dressings, and they, I, like, had 20 people in the room, and I was entertaining and bouncing off the walls and answering questions about being a blogger and creating content and my Instagram channel and all that, and then I don't think I heard for any from anyone for a couple of months, and I was like, oh, that didn't go anywhere. Um... And then I remember I was picking up my husband from work, and Neil called me, one of the guys at William Sonoma, who was pretty much the coolest person, and he said, we're not going to do salad dressings, but here's our idea. Are you in? And I took every ounce of energy for me to not start screaming in the parking lot of my husband's work. And I was like, yeah, what do you need? I'll, I'll make the recipes tomorrow. And I went into a deep, dark hole and recipe tested for days on end. And then they launched probably a year after that. Is there anything that's, like, been harder about it than you would have thought? Um, William Sonoma is basically the best partner I could ask for. And they deal with all the production side of things. So, so you just make the recipes? I make the recipe. We They find the people that are going to create them and make them shelf-stable without adding any, like, crap to them and do all the distribution. We do the label design in-house at William Sonoma. I'm part of the creative process for that. Um, and then it's sold exclusively in their stores. So I feel like a lot of times people with products have a tough time with distribution. Mm -hmm. And I have built-in distribution with my William Sonoma family. So how did you decide on those seasonings? Um, I wanted them to be multi-use. So this is everything is the blend I use in literally What's everything. In it? um, it's all sorts of like herbs and garlic powder and paprika, salt, pepper. So I use it to make salad dressings. I season 
fish, chicken, vegetables, you name it. Um, you, it makes really good garlic bread. Does it have like an Italian vibe or like a Middle Eastern? No, like? not Middle Eastern. I would say it's like California Mediterranean. Okay. And then this is everything is my version of the everything bagel blend. Uh-huh. Um, which but is what's the better. twist? Yeah, like what? Yeah, what do you do to make Every, it better? There, everything's toasted. There are a couple different ingredients in it that I just think make it more elevated. And this Instagram person that follows me uh, did a blind taste test with me and the competitor at Trader Joe's, blind, and I won, and I oh, was wow. like very excited about it. Um, and then all things meat, which is for steak and ribs and pork and burgers and chicken and all that kind of stuff. So multi-use for all sorts of proteins. So where do you like get your ideas for flavor combinations and stuff from? Yeah, great question. Um, I don't keep every spice on hand because I don't use them. Um, so these are all recipes that I've just been doing over the course of the years on my blog or when I'm cooking for family or friends or stuff like but that. But even like in general, like in your cookbook and travel. your blog? Travel. Oh, for really? sure travel in the farmer's market. So I go to the farmer's market in Santa Monica on Wednesdays, Hollywood on Sundays. When I'm in Seattle, I do the Ballard one on Sundays there. Um, and then my husband, my family and I have always traveled quite extensively growing up. Um, we never had like nice cars or anything like that. Or my mom wouldn't buy us new backpacks every year. We would reuse them, and but we spent money on travel. That was That's what, awesome. It was looking back when I was a kid. I'm like, I oh, get a new Jamsport backpack, or like my mom's making me reuse my comp book for science in seventh grade. But, like what an amazing thing! Yeah, but back. looking back now, I'm like, I'd much rather travel than have a new comp book. Um, and since Thomas and I have gotten married, we try and go on a trip or two every year that's where did you go on your honeymoon we went to mexico what part cabo oh i mean we didn't have any money so we couldn't have gone overseas uh but we went to mexico and i'm not kidding you i gained seven pounds in seven days chips and salsa i and tequila and margaret and guacamole like we would go to bed every night so full we were such Mm, fatties i love mexican food did you go with that Flora, what's the Flora Farms? Oh my god, it's like the most beautiful. I actually don't love Cabo. I kind of deeply hate it. Um, I just don't understand the point, especially because people go from LA, and I'm like, there's beaches and really good Mexican food in LA, and it's not like you're going to Cabo for like the amazing local culture. No, we never even left our hotel. Right. So I'm just like, what? Why are you flying down here? But Flora Farms, I thought was just the most magical place on the planet. We didn't leave our hotel except for Flora Farms, (laughs) and we were just at Palmia for seven days straight and ate all the food and just laid on the beach and at the pool and we we binge watched Sons of Anarchy while we were there. What's the best trip that you guys, that you've ever taken? Me? You personally. Yeah, I was going to say you guys see it. Maybe you guys together and then you personally. Me personally, I went to Patagonia um, on a press trip with some friends. Do you know Jamie and Kevin from Ann Street Studio? Uh-uh. Uh, we went on a press trip probably four or five years ago. For we did what? For uh, Lawn Airlines. It's a South American Airlines. Oh, yeah. And we did all of Chile, and Patagonia was the most magical place. Is it just stunningly beautiful? It's otherworldly. What does it look like? Like you're on a different planet. The clouds look different. The mountains are stunning. The water is so aqua blue. The hotels are so, like, they're so modern, and the architecture is phenomenal. Um, so personally, that would be my most favorite trip, and I think we're going to try and go back next year because Thomas is dying to go. 
Um, my favorite trip that I've done with Thomas and my family, we a year ago right now, we went to South Africa. South Africa is my number one place that I want to go. You have to go. My mom grew up there, and so I've always given her a hard time for not taking me whenever she would go back for reunions. And I think I just finally wore her down. So what did, did you guys go to Cape Town and like the garden? We flew into Cape Town to the gardens, Table Mountain. My husband Thomas and I went diving with great white sharks. And I'm petrified of the water. I, there are sharks in a pool. They will come through those gutters and they will get you, especially in the deep end. And so I wanted to go, A, because it was incredible content for Snapchat. Yeah. And I got an underwater camera to film or underwater case for my phone. Um, and I wanted that moment where a shark swims right up to you at the cage and like looks at you in the eye. And I wanted to look at it and say, I see you and I'm not scared of you. But they literally couldn't care less about us. They just like, died. how close do they come to? You? I could have touched it. But they couldn't, they, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people go sharks diving. And so I think they're just really used to the people right. in this area. Um, and then the most magical part of the trip is we went up on safari in yeah, Botswana and in northern the northern part of South Africa at this place called Londolozi. And it was quite possibly the most magical place on the entire planet. I cried like so much when we left animals the animals the people the hotel and the staff um our guides our guide when he was two years old had to flee his country and i'm totally blanking on the country right above south africa um but he had to flee there was a civil war and as a two-year-old him and his family walked through the night for days on end and they made it to this little town, and then five years later, the safari camp opened up, and now he he started working there when he was seven, and now he works there as a guide, and he wow. was... The stories he would tell us are fan, phenomenal, and the relationship they have with the animals is so beautiful because they respect them so much more over there. Um, and the animals don't... They've never felt threatened by anyone at the hotel because everyone just lets them live their lives. They don't interfere with them in any way. So they're not scared of you. So they will walk right up one foot away from your car. And like an elephant? A leopard. Oh, my God. Like a leopard, right? Yeah. A leopard, a lion, elef- elephants are a little scary when they get really close because they're huge. They're right? huge and their trunk can just like wipe you out. Yeah. Um, giraffes, like they, they just, they're just chilling, living oh their lives. God. And it was really an incredible experience. I felt very one with the earth when I was there. That sounds so magical. I really want to You do have it. to go. Do you have to take malaria pills? I think we might have taken malaria pills. Yeah, I, I think I think we did. I stopped taking them halfway through the trip, though, because I was like, I haven't been bit by one mosquito. I'm fine. Do you? You don't get bit? No, I'm the person who gets oh, bit the all who gets the time. Bit everywhere. Yeah, because we're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, when like they were like worried about Zika, I was like, I guess I'll just get Zika now. Like, I just like assume any mosquito borne disease, I'm just going to get it. There has to be a cure for Zika soon. I feel like it's about to be in the entire states. Yeah. <laughs> I'm knocking wood. I'm like a hypochondriac. I feel like we're a same, the same person, except for you somehow got like the no anxiety, happy go lucky. Thing and I got none of it. I feel like maybe part of it is because my parents are in the medical industry. My dad's a doctor. My mom's a physical therapist. So I grew up hearing a lot about medical things and health things. And we talked about death and like when I was older and ready for it. But I, I think that might make me 
I, I think about it a little bit more like that, maybe. So are you not afraid of death? No, of course I'm afraid of death. But I also, you know, we're not going to live forever. And I can I see people in my lives that are getting older. And it's really, it sucks to watch them get older and not have taken care of their body. Mm-hmm. And then be falling apart. You know, like I know their time is limited. Yeah, I think that it, death terrifies me. But not being able to like hike or do the stuff that I want to do I find maybe even more terrifying yeah I bet but I think we both probably take such good care of our bodies and are super active and I can see it both in my grandparents right now one set of grandparents has done an incredible job my my grandpa my papa on that side is like 90 years old and golfs pretty much every day my omi swims and plays tennis and golfs and they're so with it because they've taken such a great job of taking care of their body and their minds. Um, on the other side, my grandparents haven't really been active since they were 40. Are the ones that have taken good care of themselves the South African side? Yeah. Yeah, they're not, at, they, they just lived in South Africa, but my papa is Bulgarian and my omi is German. Do you think that, have you like learned other things about being healthy through your travels? And like, do you think other places in the world are generally healthier than we are here? Yeah. Yeah, although I would say European breakfasts are so decadent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the ham and the cheese yeah, and, like, and like croissants 80 pints everywhere. Yeah, and cookies in the morning. Omi loves a cookie. Like she will eat cookies all the time. But she's the thing about that is she's so active. It doesn't doesn't matter when you're eating cookies. Um, but yeah, I would say I I travel. I eat and travel. So like that's how I explore different cultures. And people are just so much more balanced in other parts of the country than we are here. In other parts of the country? I mean, other parts of the world. World. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you've taken from your trips that you're, like, trying to or have instituted in your life? I like how people graze in other other countries. I think, like, meze and stuff like that is really... (laughs) interesting to me because you can just have a few bites of something late in the afternoon and then have like a lighter dinner um i think a lot of places in europe eat like that i'm really into a big lunch and a light dinner and i think i adopted that from you know they definitely eat like that in south africa on safari um lunch is a big deal a lot of places and it's you sit down with your friends and you have a glass of wine and then you have a lot of people go home from work i know i wish we had that in america also i would like a siesta here like if i could take a little are you a napper i am a big time napper are you um i don't have time yeah because i work like in an office yeah have you ever worked in an office i worked in an office for six months right out of college yeah, and I haven't since. And it was a small office. There was no meditation room, so there was yeah, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could do secret naps in the meditation room. Yesterday when I got a tour, someone said they do take naps in there. One of the guys. Yeah, I sold them out. <laughs> yeah, that's not technically allowed. Um, do you feel like you're successful? Um, yes, I do, because I define success if I'm happy doing my job and I'm really happy when I do my job. Do you put pressure on yourself to like keep growing what's gotta be cooking and do you like do you look at numbers from posts and like think about if something doesn't do that well and get angry or sad or Yeah, anything? I uh yeah, I I track all my numbers all the time. I'm I'm into math and I like looking at all that and comparing and contrasting things from last year and this year and all that kind of stuff, but I don't put too much importance on the numbers because 
I think what's more important is engagement and creating a really engaged audience that will, you know, come along with me on my journey and wants to participate. And I think that's how I define success. And listening to everyone tell me stories about them cooking recipes for my book or my blog um, is really special for me. How do you think you do that? Do you just think you're like, you have a type of personality that everybody's really interested in or have you taken concerted efforts to make people want to follow along on your journey? Well, I definitely don't think I have a personality everyone's interested in. I, I think You're I, really charming though. Thank you, but I, I'm sure I rubbed some people the wrong way. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But I think what I do in my real life and on my channels is I nothing I do is unattainable. I'm not this like I'm not super skinny running around in a bikini like flaunting my bod and when I'm in the kitchen I'm making things really accessible for people um, and not taking myself too seriously and I think people are craving that in a world where everything is so picture perfect all the time and we play the compare and contrast game and I don't think people want to do that all the time and I, I don't think people do that with me. I mean, I think people say they'll never make a cheese board as pretty as I do, but like I make a really killer cheese board. Yeah, you make really beautiful <laughs> cheese boards. But nothing, you know, nothing's nothing's unattainable that I do, in my right. opinion. It's interesting because I always find food blogging fascinating because people will go. How often do you post new content? Five or six days a week. So people go five or six days a week and and visit your site, but it's not like they are going to cook something from your site five or six days a week. So you're still getting people to tune in and read it, and they might be making a recipe later. And of mm -hmm. course, they they pepper their lives with these recipes, but they're they're not tuning in because they need a recipe right then, right. you know? Right. So I think it's an interesting thing to, to, what are they tuning in for? Yeah, I think they're tuning in for a little slice of the What's Got Be Cooking California Girl Life. Like it's, and, and with now you can bookmark things on Instagram and I only do lives on Mondays. So you're just getting little slivers of it here and there, which I think is important. I think if I did lives every night, they would become people with, probably not tune in as often yeah um but the recipes are there all the time like that's my bread and butter and different people want different things that's why i post so much content because they can always come back to it right that's interesting okay i have a few questions that yeah. i like to ask everybody okay um so have you ever been to a place in the world and been like these people really got it right in terms of health and happiness and if so where was it mm-hmm Mm. Health and happiness. I want to say South Africa, but I, we already talked about that, so I'm going to think of something okay. better. Um, can you cut this out while I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, do, <laughs> we'll do like thinking music. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, gosh. Uh... Maybe I don't have a good answer for this. It could be South Africa. Like I think you could it's... just say why you think because you talked about why you think South Africa is so good for traveling and like it's magical. But what about living there and how yeah, they live their lives? I think in South Africa, people are a little bit more laid back than we are in America and care less about materialistic things. Um, so I think that's great health wise, like just mental health wise. 
Um, and I think generally they're happy people. They love their country. Like, they love where they live. It's sunny. It feels like California all the time. Um, so, yeah, I guess South Africa. Do you think people are healthy and happy in L.A.? No. I think they're healthy. Yeah. Physically. Um, I think L.A. is a tough place to live. Like, I think you can get really wrapped up in the glitz and glam of L.A. And, you know, you have to have a really great network of people to keep you grounded. Otherwise, I think it's really easy to get lost. Did you, were you, did it take you a while to find that network of people? Yeah. Down I was really lonely when I moved to L.A. Because we were just friends with all these people. Thomas knew because he was there a year before me. And I didn't feel like I had friends of my own until I got into food blogging and met Matt and Adam and Catherine and people that are now some of my closest friends. Um, but, yeah, it took me a really long time to find my posse. Mm. What do you think is the best way to spend 20 minutes every day? Napping. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you nap every day? Uh, not every day, but almost every day. Wow. Yeah. Do you do 20 minutes or will you do longer? No, I'm like a two-hour napper. Do <laughs> like you I, sleep at I go night? into deep. Oh, yeah. I go into, like, deep REM sleep for naps, which I know isn't, like, what you're supposed to do. Um, but, yeah, I I go to – I probably nap for, like, 90 minutes around 1-ish if I'm not crazy busy. I go to bed around 9, 30, 10, and then I'm up by 6, 30. Wow. I love, I love sleeping. <laughs> That's just, I'm just impressed. That's just like. It's weird. It's, I'm, I'm a 10 year old on the inside. <laughs> what is one really good decision you've made in your life? And what's one really big mistake? Um, one really good decision. Marrying my husband. I think he really balances me out. Um, and I love him. What is his personality like? And, like, how, how does he balance He's you? He's shy. He's way more shy than I am. And he's calm. If something bad happens, I will freak out about it really quickly. And I'll be like, oh, my God, the world's ending. And he's like, no, Gabby, like, take a chill pill. Let's figure this out. He's very level-headed. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's great. And it doesn't matter how many times him or my mom and my dad tell me something. I've never listened to any of them. I need someone else to tell me. Um, or I need to come to the conclusion on my own. One really bad decision I've made, I think early on in my career, I uh, worked with like a brand that I didn't necessarily believe in and because they wanted to pay me. Mm. And I learned very quickly that my audience wasn't cool with that. Um, and I think that it wasn't like a terrible detrimental decision, but it was a real learning moment for me that no matter how much money someone's offering you, my audience's trust is not worth that. It's not worth losing that. So you only work with brands now that you like genuinely use. Yeah. And yeah. What, how does that work? Will you wait for the brands you really use to reach out to you or will you like reach out and be like, I love you guys. I use you. I want yeah. to be I mean, I'm lucky that I've been doing this for a lot of, for eight or nine years now. So I know everyone at the brands yeah um, and I have like a great roster of people I work with pretty frequently um, but I've been offered some huge deals recently with companies that I just can't support and my team's like just do it and I'm like I can't like no amount of money is worth pissing people off yeah um, so you just say no to stuff well like and your that. brand is like you were talking about very much built on being authentic Who I am. yeah, yeah like I don't want to be a sham what purchase have you made that's helped make you healthier or happier um, I, my trainer, spending money every day or however many days ago on my trainer. Does that count as a purchase? Yeah. Is yeah. there any physical item? Um, 
I mean, this is really dumb and kind of materialistic, but I bought uh, the new Tom Ford, or it's not new, the Tom Ford Soleil Blanc perfume a few months ago, and that makes me very happy. Just because you smell so? It smells like summer, and it just makes me feel like I'm back being like 12 years old, playing tennis. It smells a little sunscreeny, mm. and it just reminds me of being a kid and not having any cares in the world and just running around and playing tennis every day and get it, and being really tan. <laughs> it makes me really happy. I love that. And then is there anything that you wish people would ask you about but they never do? Oh, whoa. Um, I don't think so. I guess I would love, I guess I would love to talk more about the business part of what's got be cooking. A lot of people don't ask about stuff like that. And I think because it seems like you have it worked out, like of all the people to be doing food blogging, it seems like you're like really doing it so well. Thank you. At this point. Do yeah. you feel like that's, that? I think there's just, always room to grow. Do you feel like you have a natural mind for business? Yeah. Or did you have mentors who kind of helped I you? have an incredible mentor. Her name's Lori Buckle. She has changed my life. Um, How, what is her sort of... She came from the magazine publishing world, and she has just helped me, like, really dial in what What's Got Be Cooking is. Um, and her and I are both California girls, and she's really helped. I basically word vomited to her for a month about what I wanted What's Got Be Cooking to be halfway through my career in blogging thus far, and she was like, this is so easy. Like, I know exactly who you are, and I couldn't pinpoint that. Mm. Um, so she really helped me come up with this whole California girl angle, which I had been thinking about and know and living the whole time, but I couldn't verbalize it. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're so close to something, it's hard to make it like finite um so yeah I have really incredible mentors in the world how did you turn her into a mentor like I think a lot I wish I had a mentor but I have no idea how to go about getting a mentor yeah it's funny we met um god how did Lori and I meet we met she was working at Better Homes and Gardens and she reached out to me to start contributing on a quarterly basis to the magazine and then I got passed off to one of her assistants to like manage, manage everything. And then her and I kept connecting at this conference once a year. And then she left the magazine world and moved to LA and wanted to get into more, you know, digital media rather than traditional print media. And we sat down and I, I, I think I actually, I think it was a mutual thing. I really helped her create what her next business was going to be. And she helped me create what the next stage of what's got be cooking was going to be. So it was a mutual Thing. Do you think there is a good way to reach out to somebody if you don't necessarily feel like you have something to offer them, or do you think it always needs to be? No, I don't think it, you need to. I don't think it needs to be. I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, I to be honest, I love it when people just reach out to me, like just cold call. Hey, like I think what you're doing is so cool, and I'm dying to do this in my career I'd love to pick your brain and like take you out to coffee and will you take those coffee meetings like if I have time yeah most of the time I just take a call um because I am living out of a suitcase for the yeah, next yeah. six months um but yeah I mean it I wouldn't be where I am today without the people in my life that have helped me get there so I think it's really important to pay it forward 
That's interesting. And I, I think the hardest thing about that too, though, is you really need to have a clear picture of where you're trying to go so that you're not wasting the time of right. the person that you're talking to. And I think a lot of people, myself included, often know they want to go somewhere mm-hmm. and have it be somewhere awesome, but yeah. not quite sure where it is. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's, we live in, especially in our career, in our fields, like everything changes on a day-to-day basis yeah. like who knows what digital media is going to look like in six months let alone six years so we always have to be on our toes and thinking about what's coming next and adapting to new technologies and apps and sharing platforms and stuff like that um so yeah it's it's helpful to have some sort but i don't know where what's got to be cooking is going to be in 10 years i have no what idea if you had to guess um I always joke that I want to be somewhere between, like, Martha Stewart and Bethany Frankel and Rachel Ray, minus the jail time and the really ugly divorce. So does that look like a TV show? No. I would... I... I No. I don't know what it like looks like. A talk show type thing? I would love to do a talk show. That Rachel would Ray be and Beth, Bethany had a very short-lived talk show. Yeah. I feel like. And Martha did, too. And Martha... Yeah. And Martha I, and Snoop have their show. Yes, which is amazing. <laughs> I would love to be doing something... I would love to make What's Gobby Cooking into an even bigger media company and then have some sort of platform that I could help elevate other people that are, like, coming up in the food and lifestyle world. Which would be useful... Like, your husband's company is sort of like that, yeah? Well, like, it could yeah, feed into that. But also, no, more like something where, like, for example, a podcast where I could feature people who are, you know, not at the top of their career, mm. not just starting, but somewhere in the middle where I can really shine a light on what they're doing for the world and for their community. I would love to be able to give Do you back. ever do that with your platforms now, like, on social and stuff like that? I think so. I think it's fun to highlight different people and... We do, you know, collaborations on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is. Um, on Snapchat, we used to do a game show where I would ask people 20 really hard-hitting questions. Like, if you were a housewife, what housewife would you be? Oh, my God. If you were a housewife, would you be Bethany? Well, no. I think Bethany's a little crazy. I, I mean, think she would... All, they're all crazy. That's the point. That's I, like the one prerequisite of being a housewife. I think if I... I think I'd be friends with Yolanda... Hadid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or whatever her last name is. Um, if I could be one of the housewives, oh, oh, Erica Jane, wait, for which, sure. Wait, which one is she? She's the like beautiful, crazy blonde one from Beverly Hills that sings all those like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. big in like the gay club world and sings all those amazing songs. I'm obsessed with her. Wait, ask. I wanna. I wanna hear your answers to like one or two more of the crazy twenty okay. questions, Snapchat things that you'd ask. Okay, me. so I used. Uh, it would be Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. I'm Harry Potter, but I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, it's so good. But, what? But okay. So, what house of Harry Potter would you live in? Um, um, what's the smart one? Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw yeah, Ravenclaw. My mom and Thomas are for sure Hufflepuffs. They're so nice. I'm just, like, not nice. I know I'm not. I'm, like, a little manipulative, but not manipulative enough to be, like, a Slytherin. Yeah. And I'm not brave enough to be a Gryffindor. I would, I would go, I would either be a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. You'd be a Slytherin? I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm Harry. Like, I'm Harry Potter, and Harry Potter put on the sorting hat, and he was like, did we put him in Gryffindor? We put him in Slytherin. Like... 
There, I think there's a little. I'm also a Gemini. So you're a Gemini. Yeah, there's a little. I bit just about had a huge conversation with our um, resident astrology expert at Mind Body Green about, about Gemini. Gemini's. Yeah, well, because I've I've always been like nervous about Gemini's because Trump is a Gemini, Pence yeah. is a Gemini. We can, we'll just forget about them. <laughs> and I, I've I've really had hard times with a number of Gemini's in my life, and then. Um, one of my best, like a, a girl I really, really, really like is a Gemini, a very close friend of mine. And I was like, how does this Gemini work? And she's like, well, she's a lot of water in her chart in addition. So oh. it's like about the rest of your chart too. I don't know anything about astrology. I would be very interested to learn about it. I think like Harry, like you can go either way based, like he might have a lot of water in his chart, which way ends up in Gryffindor ultimately. Right. Yeah. I'm looking up another one of these questions for you. <laughs> Hold on. I have them all saved. These are so much fun. Uh, okay, game show questions. Favorite ice cream flavor? I'm cake batter. Fish food from Ben and Jerry's. Mm. Uh, Taylor Swift or Beyonce? Taylor Swift. What? Sorry. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm just like not that cool. Like, and not new Taylor Swift. Like, I like her. Like, our song was slam screen doors. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I like her when she had, like, the big ring, like, curls, and you, like, blast her music really loud. Every time I listen to Beyonce, I really like it, but I just feel like I'm, like, not cool enough for it, you know? Beyond, I, when I have to do the Santa Monica stairs, like, I do run up and down the stairs ten times, I only listen to Beyonce. Um, okay, last question. What it, uh, no, I want a really good one. If you, if they made your life into a movie, who would play you? It's a movie, so it could be, like, a very idealized thing, right? Like yeah. Definitely something very tall. Okay. I think that'd be, like, my one requirement. <laughs> I'm like, like Jennifer Lawrence? Fat, oh, my God. I'd like, yeah, I'd like her. Maybe Emma Stone. Oh. She's not tall. Okay. Um, but I like, I like her. I like that she's, like, struggled with anxiety and, like, overcome it on mm -hmm. a personal level. And then yeah. I like that she has this vulnerability mixed with humor. I'm really into that because I feel like... I almost like use my vulnerability as a humor thing, and I, I I just like the mix of those two things. Yeah, I would be Emma Watson, obviously Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like a Harry Potter problem. I had a, a Harry Potter license plate frame for a number of years on my car in college. It said, "I'd rather be playing Quidditch." <laughs> I am, I am a closet, I'm not a closet nerd. I am a big nerd. Yeah, dork. like an open nerd. Yeah. She's very cool, though. She's so cool. Like, I don't know She's if you way can cooler have, than yeah, me. I don't know if you can have something that cool play you if you're a nerd. Well, but I think she's also kind of nerdy. Like, she's really smart, and, like, she is into technology and stuff like that. Yeah. I also would say Jennifer Lawrence, but she is probably too funny to play. I'm not funny. You're really funny. No, she's got, like, great one-liners. I have no great one-liners. Yeah. Yeah, I always wonder if she, like, feels the pressure of that, though, now that everybody's like, you're the mm -hmm. witty one, and she has to be like, ah, fuck. Like, yeah, I have to, like, say witty things I all believe the time. it. Yeah. I would be a lot of pressure. It'd be really intense. Yeah. Every interview, you're just like, oh, yeah, let's be chill. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I you. hope that your under eyes are moisturized. I feel super moisturized right now. <laughs> How amazing is she? I just want to bottle up that energy and store it on my counter so I can pull it out whenever I need a dose of that, that zest and happiness in my life. Although I guess I can just listen back to this podcast, so I'll do that. 
I'll link everything we talked about in the show notes. So be sure to check there. Um, And yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you loved it, please do leave a review on iTunes. It helps a ton. And I'll see you guys next week. Red light therapy is one of those things that keeps being cited as a favorite tool of so many of the world-leading doctors on this podcast. It is an absolute game changer for your skin. It reduces scars, stretch marks, blemishes, and it boosts collagen, and it stimulates hair growth for healthier, thicker hair. It also reduces inflammation at a cellular level, which is why I don't like to just expose my face to it. I like to go whole body for maximum energy and healing. That's why I love Bond Charge's Max Red Light Therapy device. It's a panel that you sit in front of at home. I use it while I'm meditating, which is such a good habit stack. And you get those full body benefits in addition to the skin benefits. Also, by the way, you have skin on your whole body. It has made as much of a difference in the sun damage on my chest as it has on my face. And it comes with protective eye goggles, which is so important. I have personally noticed a huge difference in my skin, but also in my mood. It makes me happier and calmer. And most importantly for me, this is something I've been working on a lot recently, in my energy levels, which makes sense given red light's positive impacts on our mitochondria, the energy centers of our body. And because you're in front of the panel impacting your whole body, you're going to feel a way larger effect. You need to try the wellness tool that doctors are raving about. Order the Bond Charge Max Red Light Therapy device and start experiencing the amazing benefits today. For a limited time, my listeners get 15% off when you order from bondcharge.com and use my exclusive promo code LizMoody at checkout. While you're there, grab some of the circadian rhythm setting light bulbs. Yes, those are real. Yes, they're very cool. They're the ultimate addition to your daily circ walk. That is B-O-N-C-H-A. RGE.com. You'll also get free shipping and a 12-month warranty. Go now to get this exclusive offer. That's bondcharge.com with promo code Liz Moody to get 15% off.